0: Good morning and welcome to episode 479 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus presented by the Baseball Reference Play Index. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller. Hi. Hi. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hi. Um, I No, I'm saying, hey, Ben. Can I oh, say <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, So I'm told, I was told, I was alerted to the fact that Bo Jackson was on RSN yesterday, Uh talking about the time he hit three homers in a row, then exited with an injury, and then hit his fourth when he returned. Uh And uh, I was just wondering, do you think that Bo Jackson learned about that from Effectively Wild?
0: I think so. I can't imagine what other way he might have found out or remembered having done it himself.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I feel pretty Mm -hmm. proud that um, I mean that I told Bo Jackson about
0: <laughs> You 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 also, as I recall, seemed to tell him that he was kind of overrated.
1: Did he? I don't know if he mentioned that.
0: I don't know whether, whether that came up. Um, another. I bet,
1: I, yeah. I bet he always knew. I assume that I assume that Bo Jackson. I mean, Bo Jackson was a guy who was able to do everything so well
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and and excel at everything. And I assume his standards were extremely high. Uh-huh. And and I would assume for that reason that he always found baseball to be very challenging. And he knew that it was one of, the, uh, one of those few areas in life in which he, uh, that he hadn't quite mastered.
0: My mm-hmm. guess
1: is that he was very well aware of it.
0: Yeah, he's probably just as skilled in the art of self-awareness as he was in everything else. Yeah, certainly. Okay, uh, another cool thing. A listener named Anthony Rinaldi posted in the Effectively Wild Facebook group a couple weeks ago. He said he was doing a California stadium tour Uh, He was going to see the Angels and the Dodgers and the Padres and the A's and the Giants, and he was asking people for recommendations of some things that maybe he should do while he was out there. Some people suggested some things. Anyway, he gave us an update yesterday on how that West Coast trip went. He has seen two no-hitters on this trip. He was at both Kershaw's no-hitter and Lincecum's no-hitter. He has the, the selfies to prove it. He has posted the selfies. They look legitimate. So everyone everyone envies you, Anthony. That, I, is, uh, that is quite a trip.
1: So we should, somebody should figure, this should be a fun research project maybe. Uh, maybe I'll do it, in fact. Mm. In fact, nobody do this until I decide in the next couple hours if I want to do it. Okay. In a couple hours you can do it. Mm-hmm. But um, I wonder if it's possible that anybody... Um, uh, since Vandermeer has been in two no hitters, uh, you know, has seen two no hitters in such a short span of time.
0: Yeah, the the first commenter on Anthony's post in the Facebook group said that Baseball Reference should have a a fan index instead of play index, so that we could search to see whether anyone has done this before.
1: I mean, when was because Kershaw? Let's see. So th- 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 Wednesday was was Kershaw yes. Wednesday. Uh huh. So seven days. I mean, there's probably have only been. What, a half dozen instances of, of no hitters in history within seven close days of together, each other?
0: Geographically close together, also. It's,
1: right. So then you add the geographically close together. You could certainly figure out whether any any umpires, or coaches, or you know players, obviously, had done it. Had been in no hitters this quickly, this mm-hmm. uh, close together. You couldn't obviously. You couldn't do the fans, but you could figure out how often. So. Mm-hmm. So all that and more coming up.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so if you want to if you want to tell Anthony that you've been to two thousand games and you've been waiting all your life to see a no hitter, he just happened to go to a couple and see two no hitters. Then you 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 ever
1: seen one? I have not.
0: I have not seen one.
1: I haven't either. I don't think. <laughs> no, I mean really. Anthony's
0: Anthony hogging them all. Anyway, can go can go express your feelings in the Facebook group at Facebook.com/slash effectively wild. Um, what else did I want to mention? Oh, uh, JD Martinez, are you are you following the JD Martinez story? Uh, nope. Well, he's he's evidently a, a good hitter now. He's he's homered the last couple days. He's homered. What nine times this month uh, seven times this month and a couple times in May? I guess he is hitting 320 356 648 in About hundred and thirty plate appearances for Detroit so far and he is a classic case of the mechanical adjustment followed by the breakout he is uh, while he was hurt last season he hurt his hand and he started watching video of great hitters Including Miguel Cabrera, who he's now hitting behind or in front of, um, and he he said uh, everything changed. He noticed something that in his swing that he wasn't doing. He's lowered his hands. He's you know done the standard mechanical adjustments, and now he is hitting like Miguel Cabrera, who he was who he was trying to emulate, uh, and and the Astros were aware he was he was an astro of course and not a particularly good hitter for the Astros they were aware that he was making these changes they were on board with these changes but clearly they did not subscribe to the idea that he was suddenly going to be a great hitter cuz they took him off their 40 man roster the Tigers Al Avila had had liked them for a while or had liked Martinez for a while so he they signed him to a minor league deal and he's been fantastic so this is uh, this is the classic case of the mechanical adjustment I don't know whether to buy and also the uh, the difficulty of of telling whether we should whether we should choose the in-season performance over the rest of season projection which we talked about recently anyway he's he's the latest uh, kind of an interesting story I will continue to follow mm-hmm and last thing, uh, you you wrote a fun article today. It is free for non-subscribers. If there are any any silly non-subscribers still listening to us, uh, it's about team ways, as in the cardinal way, but ways for all the other teams. And the thing that struck me while reading this, um, which was was very fun, is that there have been a lot of ways, not just not just. Formulated or codified, but actually written down in book form or pamphlet mm-hmm. form. Do you have do you have an estimate of how many written handbook ways there have been? It seemed from reading your article that there had been maybe ten, maybe more than ten. Lots of uh, lots of teams have books, handbooks.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was not the, this was um, you know certainly not the most. Uh, I, I this was you know a a can you be somewhat exhaustive or is exhaustive one of those things like uh, unique where you're, it's yeah. either exhaustive or it's not? I mean, I, I looked around a lot, but there were 30 teams and I had to do a lot of writing too. So it's not as though I spent four weeks researching this. And uh, so, yeah, so we found um, a published Dodger way, Dodgers mm-hmm. way. There's, I, I didn't even mention this in the book, but uh, there's a published Yankee way, uh, although it's not a manual. It's a Willie Randolph biography. There's also a movie called The Yankee Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, from 1918, uh, no relation to the Yankees. Um, there's, the, uh, there's a published Oriole way, there's a published published being internally published uh, in most of these cases, a published giant way, uh, a published A's way of, doing, of playing baseball. Mm-hmm. There's a published um, Blue Jay way. No, there's not. I'm sorry, there's not. <laughs> uh, there might be, but I'm not sure if there is. Mm-hmm. There's a published Cardinal way, of course. Uh, published Cub, way, Cub published Braves Way, uh, published... Uh, well, the Rays Way is, a, is the official name of their player orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a published Rocky Way. Uh, the Royal Way is, of course, their team slogan. Um, and there are Ranger Way t-shirts. <laughs> um, so those are the... Um, Let's see. Those are the, oh, uh, and the Diamondback Way of Life. So right. That that's an official one. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the official ones that, that we found. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess is that, uh, so that's about 10, yeah. My guess is that probably there are 21, 22.
0: <laughs> so, so what I wondered while reading this was, how many of these do you think were written or created from scratch? Do you think that, because, I mean, that is an incredible duplication of work if they were. Because uh, you imagine that that the bulk of these ways, as you as you chronicled in your article, are are similar or the same. They have you know it's about fundamentals and playing the game the right way and playing hard and giving your full effort and everything, and maybe more specifics in the actual book. But yeah, but it's but it's
1: ha- those the duplication of labor really comes in the you know where to stand on a cutoff. Right, because so uh, w- most of them are. Yeah, the, when you have a manual, mostly it's it's usually it's you know a hundred to three hundred pages of uh, granular detail about how to do simple steps. Yeah, in, in baseball. So, so from scratch, I would guess. Um,
0: well, because I, I wonder whether each way is built on the previous ways, and whoever is offer, authoring the way. Acquires copies of other teams ways somehow and kind of cribs from those and puts their own little spin on it Or are they just sitting down and cranking out their way just from scratch just out of their head? Which would take months you would think to write hundreds of pages of a way Um
1: well, it yeah. does take, I mean, it, it probably does take months. I don't think they would deny that it probably takes
0: months. Even if you're ripping it off, it probably takes a, a long time. But so There was one example you mentioned, maybe it was Frank Robinson took, took away and then just the, switched the cover to the Giants cover. <laughs> um,
1: yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I would say that the um, they, I, I think that there's probably two answers to this. One is that they all had some sort of manual probably already. Um, Like I don't think they were a a paperless office before this this uh, way had come up, and so uh, I suspect that uh, to some degree it's just rebranding the manual you're already using the the various uh, the various uh, how tos that you've already got in the organization. Mm
0: -hmm. The other
1: thing is that uh, they they do I believe they do steal liberally from each other. Coaches have played for other coaches, bring their manuals. Of course, the Orioles manual, which is one of the founding documents in the uh, in the Way tradition, uh, was was itself a condensed version of a book that the general manager and manager at the time uh, had already published uh, publicly um, with the, the publisher Prentice Hall. So uh, that would have already been out there. The Dodger Way, uh, the Alcampanis Campanis. Uh, 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 book was not it was the same sort of thing and that was not an internal document. so a lot of this stuff was out there to be stolen and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they would have necessarily copied and pasted the exact page um, but I would imagine that as far as organizing, uh, if you put them all together they would share a common uh, a common structure with the Oriole way more than mm-hmm. anything else.
0: All right. So everyone go read about the ways. It's fun.
1: Hey, one other thing. Mm. Somebody just tweeted us just two seconds ago.
0: (laughs) I already uh, answered. We got a listener email and a tweet, and I already answered one of them. But yeah, go ahead.
1: uh, Sent you guys an email about Sean Doolittle. How about giving him some love? Uh, it was like an, a running joke for a long time that Sean Doolittle was like uh, my my Jose Molina. Yeah. The only pers- I wrote about him way too much.
0: Yes. I was actually <laughs> going to write about him today, too. I, I,
1: fi- I was finally going to get around to doing part four in the trilogy. Yes. But my, maybe, maybe now I won't.
0: My answer to that email was that if there is a player that you love and have written about and have talked about more than Coach Iwehara, it's, it's Doolittle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so topic for today. I uh, I want to propose some some moves that teams should make, which is one of my least favorite activities. So I hope you all appreciate the sacrifice I'm making here. Um, I looked at, because it's trade deadline season now, and MLB Trade Rumors is full of trade rumors now, uh, I, I looked at the Pakoda rest-of-season projections for... All of the contending teams, as recently we, we looked at the worst hitters at any position for any team. This time I looked at just the worst projected positions for any, any contender, every contender over the rest of the year. I wrote down whatever the weakest spot Pakoda said was, and then where applicable, I tried to come up with someone who would fit there. So I thought we could talk about this, talk about some of the weaknesses, and maybe talk about some of the solutions. So just starting with the AL East, because that's the way the page was laid out. If you look at the Blue Jays page, uh, and you can do this for for pitchers and position players, I I looked at both to see which was worse. So if you look at, uh, start with the Blue Jays, who are in first place in the East, their biggest need, uh, according to Pakoda, is a starting pitcher because Jay Happ is, is a starting pitcher for the Blue Jays. Pakoda is not a big fan of Hap. Um, so, solution for Blue Jays. Uh, and I feel, feel kind of bad saying that the Blue Jays should go get a good starting pitcher because Blue Jays fans have been clamoring for this and waiting for this for a while. They spent the whole winter waiting for... Irvin Santana or Ubaldo Jimenez or someone of that caliber to come to Toronto. And if you believe Alex Anthopoulos, no one, no one wants to come to Canada and pitch for the Blue Jays. But um, how about just Jeff Samarja? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, he's been, he's been tied to the Blue Jays. It's the, it's the obvious one. You figure they're not going to get Price in the same division as the Rays, and Samarja is the next best available guy. There's no no particular reason for the Blue Jays not to pull out all the stops to go for it right now, I would say. So So why not Samarcha? Sure, Samarcha. All right. <laughs> okay. You have no problem with that.
1: No, it makes sense. They should have done this in November. They probably tried. They I tried. Bet
0: you they tried. <laughs> I'm sure they tried. Well, they should keep trying. Okay. Uh, next on the list is the Orioles. Biggest Orioles weakness, according to Picota, is second base. Where Jonathan Scope ooh, is playing.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm. Brian yeah. Roberts? Is Brian
0: <laughs> Roberts? <laughs> That's not my answer. I, I don't have a great answer here because as Zachary Levine wrote in today's lineup card at BP where we talked about some holes on contending teams, everyone in the AL East needs a second baseman, sort of. Certainly the Yankees do, the Orioles do, the Blue Jays do. Didn't so much when they had Brett Lurie playing there. He is hurt now. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe they don't need anyone there. But the Orioles seem to need a second baseman. They have, uh, they have Weeks in AAA who is getting on base a lot. They could try him. They have, you know, Steve Lombardozzi and Ryan Flaherty hanging around, those kind of players. But, uh, so sticking with scope is an option. I, I mean, I kind of like scope coming into the year. Maybe maybe scope will just be better in the second half. Otherwise, there are there are quite a few second basemen available. I would say there are more more second basemen who are maybe on the market than any other single position. Um, so I I don't I don't have a one that is particularly well suited to them. So I'll just say Daniel Murphy. All right. Okay. Uh, Yankees need just kind of a, an entire infield. I wrote about that today, how Teixeira has has worked out well. They came into this year with kind of massive downside in their infield and not a whole lot of upside. The downside hasn't really been so severe so far. Like, Jeter has been almost completely healthy. Roberts has been almost completely healthy. I don't think anyone expected either of those things, let alone both of them. Kelly Johnson has been healthy, and Jan Jervis Salarte has been much better than expected, although he has crashed and burned in the last month or so. So they need someone who could play shortstop ideally or could fill multiple positions if, uh, if that doesn't work out. So Alexei Ramirez, and if not Alexei Ramirez, then Luis Valbuena because he can play second and third. How does that sound?
1: Uh... You'd like to get a run producer, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, no. I, it's just like, I'm just referring to Alexia Ramirez uh-huh. RBI list. Streak. Oh, that's right. right, that's true. That's all yes. that. Up. That's the only reason I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually think that you need to mm. get a run producer. But mm-hmm. while I'm here, I'm going to check, and mm-hmm. Alexia Ramirez went over five yesterday. Ugh. No R, no R- no RBI.
0: Continues to choke. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to say one of those guys. Tigers coming into the year. Piccola hated Nick Castellanos and still hates Nick Castellanos. And to be fair, he, he hasn't really done a whole lot to make Piccola like him more. He is, he has been uh, pretty bad, but in the last month or so, he has hit quite well. Um, and of course the projections. you know, why, right? You know why? Uh, why? Because of,
1: because J.D. Martinez. JD Martinez. Mechanical changes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <Castellanos> when J.D. <laughs> Martinez makes a mechanical change, you know that other people are going to start hitting too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Castellanos probably has watched video of J.D. Martinez now. He, he has gotten, he has gotten instead of watching video of Miguel Cabrera, he's getting Miguel Cabrera batting tips secondhand through video of J.D. Martinez. So he 325, is... 325,
1: 337,
0: 475 in, in June. In June, right? Yeah. So, so that is the question... Should the Tigers just hold here? I said. I said yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh. All right. Sure. One home run and one walk in that time. Oh, uh, sorry. Two walks in that
0: time. So, uh. Yeah. yeah. That's not great. I, I mean, I hard to say. Yeah. There bad
1: aren't bad month.
0: not a lot of third basemen available. I mean, I guess if if they could, and and I don't like if you could go get Chase Headley or something. I guess they could do that and then. Worry about Castellanos, Castellanos next year um, But I don't know He's been okay lately He's part of their future I don't, I don't hate it Maybe they can go get a reliever instead uh, Next is the Royals The Royals' weakest projected position Is shortstop Because Pacoda is just not a big fan Of Alcides Escobar Really I don't think it likes his defense Either particularly uh, Which goes against his reputation Of course they're they're not gonna gonna get a shortstop. Uh, they have they have a bunch of kind of weak projected positions, but all of them would be difficult to upgrade for various reasons. Um, like third base, you know, Moustakas is kind of what do they do with Moustakas? Shortstop Escobar. Um, our friend Andy McCullough wrote something about what their needs are or what they're looking for. Couple days ago, maybe yesterday, and he he basically had them down for just bench player because they they don't have much of a bench and right field. Evidently, they are looking for a new right fielder because Aoki hasn't been very good. um I don't know. I can't get behind the the replacing Aoki movement. I still like him too much, so I don't know whether they need to do anything. I don't. I'm I'm okay with the Royals not doing anything, although. They really have a lot of incentive to make the playoffs for various reasons. So uh, even a even a marginal upgrade might be worth making. But I don't see a I don't see a clear area of need other than just a a bench guy or something. Nothing. I have a question.
1: Yeah. yeah. I have a, mm-hmm. So uh, this is just hypothetical. But um, so when they traded for James Shields, they got two years of James Shields. Um, and you know, most people thought at the time they overpaid. If they went after David Price, would it take an equivalent amount of talent at this point? Or could they get David Price for you know what they got Shields for and or less than what they got Shields for?
0: Hmm. Uh, I would say I'd say well, if you're you're getting Price only for a season and a half, right? Not two full seasons, which was what Shields was. Yep. So yeah, I, I would say it wouldn't be wouldn't be too different. I mean, Shields is or Price is better, but um. Not, not that much better and it's not that It's not as long so I would say I'd say roughly equivalent Okay, okay uh, Next is the Indians Indians need a starter Right now the Indians depth chart at, at MLBdeathscharts.com Has four starters on it They don't even have a fifth starter on it um, And the fourth starter Is Josh Tomlin So it's kinda, kind of Kind of Kind of ugly there after Masterson, Kluber, Bauer. So uh, it's, kind of,
1: it's kind of ugly there before Kluber, Bauer, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. So they've got Zach McAllister, I guess, is in AAA now. They've still got Danny Salazar in AAA straightening himself out. But I'll say they can make a move for a starter. They can, they can make a not, not super ambitious move for a starter. They can go get a, a Jason Hamill type. How does that strike you?
1: Uh, it strikes me well. Hey, uh, Scott Feldman is Scott. Uh, w- I can't remember. Was Scott Feldman? Uh, he he was not considered one of the guys that the Astros were just signing to trade, right? Because they signed him for multiple oh, deals. Yeah, three that, was year a, deal, yeah right?
0: that was a three-year deal, right? Okay, so, so yeah, so probably not. Okay, um, but yeah, Feldman is a Hamill type. Uh, okay, who is next? The A's. So the the A's. Uh, according to Pakota. The A's need a starter because Pakoda doesn't like Scott Kazmir or Jesse Chavez. But I think we can safely assume that they will not be replacing those two guys. Uh, so the A's biggest need is a second baseman or just sort of a middle infielder. Eric Sogard hasn't hit. Jen Lowry hasn't really hit. In a, in the BP article today, Doug Thorburn suggested Ben Zobrist. Um Certainly seems like an A's type player playing tons of positions and playing them pretty well. And uh, Ben Zobrist is certainly on the market, so sure, Ben Zobrist. And the A's would be scary with Ben Zobrist. The A's are the A's are pretty scary already. The A's are really really good. If they were to add Ben Zobrist, at whatever their weak points are, they would they would have no weak points. They would be they would be really uh, really, really good.
1: Remember, uh, remember, uh, you remember Bill Simmons' Ewing theory. Yes,
0: right. When I, when I, the I, star is is hurt, everyone else steps up.
1: Yeah, and it you know it's perceived to be this, this you know disastrous thing for the franchise, and then they actually improve. Um, I feel like maybe there needs to be some sort of A's specific. It it wouldn't be a corollary exactly, but some sort of theory about the A's uh, adding the one big part. Because uh, it feels like the A's, whenever they add the one big part, uh, it all or you know the anything close to a big part, it always sort of backfires. So, like the Matt Holiday thing uh, didn't really work out for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jim Johnson, of course, has been disastrous uh, for them. Uh, Johnny Damon didn't really do much for them, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the sort of lesser stretches of his career when when they got him. Uh, you could maybe make the case that, um, you know, like when, I, I don't know, this might not rise to the level, but I remember being pretty pretty pumped when they got Arthur Rhodes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But um, it, it feels like all the A's uh, biggest moves are the ones that, uh, it's almost like, well, okay, so I've had this, this um, I've described Sabian for a, a while as, as being this really brilliant, amazing general manager until you give him money. And as soon as you give him the luxury to write a, you know, a t- a, an eight-figure uh, contract offer, he becomes uh, a doddering fool. And uh, so maybe it's sort of slightly similar with the A's, except they don't get to make nearly as many of those big contract offers. Um, but when they do, they all, or when they trade for somebody, it always turns out to kind of backfire. So maybe Zobrist would just be another disappointment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe. Hypothesis. Hypothesis. <laughs> um, <laughs> But probably as much evidence as the Ewing theory ever did.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, okay, next, this is your wheelhouse, I suppose. The Angels need a starting pitcher, uh, which Picota says and which you also said in lineup card today. Um, is there any starting pitcher who strikes you as the perfect fit for the Angels? I put, I put Brandon McCarthy down. Sure. Perfect. Yeah. McCarthy is, has been very good, as we have discussed. Uh, even though his what is his win loss record is like one in ten now, and his ERA is over five, but but uh, he's much better than that. Okay, uh, Mariners need a center fielder. Pachota says uh, the the James Jones story has taken a sad turn since the first couple of weeks of the year. He's he has about a 600 OPS since mid May. Um, so they could could use an upgrade there. Uh, not that the rest of their outfield is really any great shakes. They've got Andy Chavez and, and Dustin Ackley out there. So I'm going to suggest Seth Smith uh, because he can play pretty much any outfield position and the Padres are, are certainly interested in selling him and he's been, been good. He's pretty decent generally. So Seth Smith. Seth,
1: Seth Smith can play center field. Can't he? I mean, he was the A's DH last year, and he's he's slow. He's slow as punch. So Let's,
0: let me see uh, if he's played. Um, yeah, I guess maybe he can't play center field. Hmm. He has played center field in the past, but not recently.
1: It, in 2008
0: or 9. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so that won't solve the James Jones issue. Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, actually, maybe they can move. Acle could. I mean. Yeah, Andy maybe could. they can move Ackley or Chavez out there. Um, yeah, so I'll stick with that one. Um, okay, uh, now with the National League, the Nationals don't need anything, <laughs> as far as I can tell. They they don't really have a projected position where they need help. Um, they, they need are, to figure
1: out a way to get r- everybody in the lineup. Yeah, they Harper need to get
0: rid around. of some guys. They, they should, do. <laughs> yes, they should. Uh, they should figure that out. So yeah, they. I don't know. I mean, they can just have a surplus for for the rest of the year and and they uh span and and laroche are free agents at the end of the year so the the log gem that they have now currently will not probably be one next year but yeah i i don't know they don't they don't really have to add a, a big piece anywhere i can see um the braves braves biggest biggest weak point is third base chris johnson and i'm gonna give give Pakoda a hand here because Pakoda really did not like Chris Johnson coming to the year um, I think I I wrote about that at some point and I thought it made some sense because coming into last year Chris Johnson was regarded as a, a platoon player not not really a starter and then he had a crazy back a uh, crazy Babbitt year and was good and got an extension and everything but Pakoda was not convinced he has been pretty lousy so far Um And, of course, Chris Johnson uh, has really, I mean, he's a right-handed hitter. He has not hit righties at all this year. uh, He has crushed lefties as usual, only in, like, 50 plate appearances, but he has a 1,000 OPS or so against them and and a sub-600 OPS against righties. So I'm going to suggest, and I think this is a perfect fit, that Eric Chavez go to the Braves. Um, Eric Chavez can hit righties plenty. He should not ever hit lefties and has not, but that's fine. He can platoon with Chris Johnson. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I was on mute, but I agree. (laughs) Okay. Um, By the way, the Eric Chavez comeback is one of my favorite comebacks. I love that Eric Chavez has been a a productive, a useful player again. Because, I mean, he was such a – it was such a – Sort of a sad running joke there for a few years That he could not stay healthy at all And he was close to retirement a couple times And people said, why doesn't he just retire Instead of trying to come back And for the last three seasons with the Yankees And then with the Diamondbacks Of course he's been a much more limited player Than he was in his prime He, I mean, he never faces a lefty His teams have done a good job of making sure That he never faces a lefty But against righties, he has been about as productive as he was overall in his prime, he's been a, a significantly above-average hitter over the last three years, which is really cool. Kudos to Eric Chavez for sticking with it.
1: Why not Eric Chavez to the to the Royals since we didn't
0: really have one for the Royals? Hmm. Uh yeah, sure. I could I could see that. Well, they have um, Mike Moustakas. Yeah, they also have Valencia.
1: Yeah, but the point was that Moustakas. Right, I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, the stocks
1: is the part you're replacing,
0: right? And Valencia is a righty, also. So, yeah. so yeah, sure. Eric Chavez, there should be a bidding war between the Diamondbacks and the Royals for Eric Chavez. Uh, okay, next is the Marlins, and the Marlins have a lot of positions that Pacheco doesn't doesn't particularly care for. Uh, Pacheco is not a big fan of of Casey McGee, not a big fan of. Of Echevarria at shortstop. Not a big fan of the guys at the back of the rotation, Tom Kohler and Discofani But I don't know that they should do anything. I'm kind of I'm kind of on board with the Marlins just sort of writing this out right now. They're they're 500. Their playoff odds are the same as the Mets, under 5%. They've been a nice story, but I I don't think they should do. Anything crazy they should not be thinking about Trading you know Andrew Heaney or or anything like that They should just stand pat if there's a little Minor move they can make here or there That's great but I think They're a 2015 And beyond team Cool because they're in a division With with the Nationals who who need Nothing as Mm -hmm. well as the Braves Who are going to be great once they get Eric Chavez Okay uh, Brewers Brewers Pocota thinks they're in a pretty good position. Pocota doesn't doesn't hate uh, any any Brewers position except first base. And the Brewers have have had a lot of trouble finding a productive first baseman over the last couple of years. Um they have been going with the overbay Reynolds platoon. Reynolds has not been awful. He's been a league average hitter and Probably a sub-average, sub below-average sub uh, below fielder. Overbay has been overbay, which is not good. I am going to propose an out-of-the-box solution that, that might be crazy, that might not work. What if the Brewers were to trade for Adam Dunn, and he has played, I think, 19 games at first this year, obviously primarily at DH. I don't know how much first base he could handle, but if he would be willing... To not start every day, to start sometimes, if he could play first enough, uh, imagine how much fun an Adam Dunn-Mark Reynolds platoon would be. That would be would the be, best platoon ever. I would love to see a Dunn-Reynolds platoon, just a couple, be, yeah. just tr- be three that, true outcomes stars. Wouldn't be that hard to get Russell Brandy back in Milwaukee, too, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> No, probably not. What is, what is he up to these days? Um, so that's my crazy suggestion. Don't know whether he can physically handle playing first base enough to do that. But I think for the good of everyone, the Brewers should try. Uh, Cardinals don't really need anything. I know they have, they've had some underperforming positions thus far. Uh, the closest thing would be a starting pitcher just because they've got a bunch of injured starting pitchers, Waka and, and Garcia and Kelly. Pocota has never liked Kelly Although he's coming back sometime soon I'm going to say uh, they, don't, they don't need a whole lot um, they, they called up Marco Gonzalez, maybe he'll be okay Joe Kelly will come back Waka, whoever uh, They've got plenty of depth at lots of Other positions I'm going to say that they don't need to, to Do anything major, although if they want To, they certainly have the players to do That, but um, I don't know, I mean if they want to do something, they can just call up Tavares or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the Reds. Um, the Reds, uh, I mean, Russell Russell Carlton suggested that they make a big move for David Price in today's lineup card. I, I doubt that that will happen. Uh, I don't know that they, they need to do that. They've, they've got a lot of pretty good starters. Uh, Pakoda says that they need a left fielder. To upgrade over Ryan Ludwig, who's been, eh, he's been okay, not so great. Um, so I don't know if if they want to do something, they can they can go get an outfielder. Um, I don't I don't know who who would make sense for them in the outfield. Maybe they can go get Alex Rios. Let's say Matt Joyce. Okay, both of them. <laughs> yeah, sure, both of them. Pirates. Uh, Pirates need a starter, I think, more than anything else. Pakoda indicates, and just glancing at their depth chart right now, the, the Pirates' starting pitcher depth chart is uh, is scary right now. Charlie Morton is at the top, followed by Vance Worley, Brandon Compton, Edinson Volquez, and Jeff Locke. That, that is ugly. They do have Garrett Cole coming back this Saturday. Francisco Liriano, who has been shaky uh, has an oblique thing. We'll, we'll be back at some point. But they could they could use a starting pitcher. Um, if, if they do want to compete, I could also see an argument for them not really going for it because the odds are sort of long at this point.'t um, I, don't, I don't know who would make the most sense for the pirates. I guess I already said McCarthy for for the angels, but McCarthy is certainly the kind of guy they they like to acquire, a, a ground ball guy. With all the shifts and everything, so maybe they could go after someone like that. Maybe they can they can reacquire AJ Burnett since things ended so so well in such harmony for those those two parties last year. Um, so I don't know, a starter, someone who starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giants. Pakoda says that Joe Panic is not the answer at second base, um, so they could use a second baseman, perhaps. I don't know who most fits the Sabian mold at second base um, for them, whether it would be Murphy, who I mentioned for the Orioles. Maybe Murphy makes sense. Maybe Bonifacio. Maybe Gordon Beckham. Maybe Valbuena. one of those people. Does one of those people sound like a Sabian trade target to you?
1: Um, no. Hmm. Not really. Ricky Weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah okay. Sure. Ricky Weeks. And then finally the Dodgers. Pocota says that they need nothing. And I can, I can understand why Pocota says that because you look up and down their lineup and their rotation and it looks pretty strong. They could use a, a reliever. Maybe a, maybe a closer. Maybe just a, a late inning reliever type. But that's that seems to be just about all they need. They have been playing like everyone thought the Dodgers would play lately. And I would expect that to continue.
1: Wait. Uh, yes. Who's, who's fifth starting for them these days?
0: Uh, let's see. Because uh, this is the
1: team that likes to carry six.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh,
1: they've, so, they've, oh, it's Beckett. It's Beckett. Yeah, they're
0: yeah. fine. Yeah, they're they're fine. If they. Yeah, it's,
1: I if mean, they, it's Heron is the Heron is the fifth, but Beckett is the one I was forgetting. Yeah.
0: Uh, and Beckett's <laughs> Beckett's eight. Yeah, they they're okay there. All right. So that's that. Please support our sponsor, Baseball Reference. Go to baseballreference.com. Subscribe to the Play Index using the coupon code BP to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. And we will be back with one more show, last show of the week, tomorrow.